Hey everybody, welcome to the wonderful world of Remnant Radio. In this program, we're reviewing prophecies for 2024. Will they come to pass? All this and more in this episode of Remnant Radio. You are watching The Remnant Radio, a show where we tackle history, theology, and the gifts of the Spirit. My name is Joshua Lewis. I'm the pastor of King's Fellowship in Ada, Oklahoma, together with my friends Michael Miller at Reclamation Church Denver and Michael Roundtree at Bridgeway Church OKC. We set aside time every week to discuss the gifts of the Spirit. Things like, how should we pray for the sick? And how do we interpret tongues? And should we believe all the prophetic words for the new year? If you're looking for a charismatic podcast with practitioners who are actually doing the stuff, this is the show for you. So should we? Should we believe all the prophetic words for the new year? That's in the intro clip. And this is that special time of year where we kind of drudge through prophetic words, praying to God that people don't do Jewish calendar stuff, that they don't use the numbers of 57, 70, whatever to determine what in the Christian horoscope is going on this year. Uh, it is a... It is that time of year, that season, tis the season. If you want to stay tuned to all of the best of Remnant Radio, such as prophetic reviews like we we're doing today and that we did last week, uh, we would encourage you to subscribe to the channel. Uh, but if you want to stay notified with all the different stuff we have going on, whether it be conferences, courses, all the different happenings taking place here at Remnant Radio, make sure to check out the link in the description of this video. You can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we will be having a course that is going to release just shortly, and we're going to have discount codes that are going to be released for people who are on that newsletter to join that course and other things as well. So we would encourage you check out that while you can let me introduce you to my co-host i mean they're anointed i don't know what they are to look at i mean they've got a they got a face for radio these two uh <laughs> i'm sorry super casual so we're called the remnant radio I know right? <laughs> that's how right i am i actually have anointing oil on whoa set. oh fact, my gosh you want to know how anointed that. i am tell me i have three vials some of whoa. which are partially used you know, so uh, you never know. <laughs> so your face is your face is vile, and you have three vials, is what you're saying. Uh, I think that's a different use of the word vile. Uh, <laughs> uh, guys, this is how we treat each other uh, off air. I'm so sorry. No, I, I, I don't mean to. I don't I, mean to roast I people. Anointing oil with me all the time because you never know. We could be praying for a sick person, so I I just have it with me, and I like, you know, one in my backpack. Got some in my truck. Got some. I mean, I I got all anointing oil everywhere, man over here to rim the radio so now this is a true story uh, when michael bought his house he went outside with a super soaker full of oil and just sprayed <laughs> that's not true not i made true. that up not i made true. that up like when you say this is a true story people think oh, this must be a true story but that's not <laughs> don't you use those oils to go tanning with isn't that what those oils are for yes that's that's what they're for <laughs> your tanning oil they Yes, they, guys. <laughs> your this is spiraling out of control up. early on. Uh, we had a I, nice, I've neat a intro. Solomon joke, but no one picked it up. No, let's <laughs> let's <laughs> ignore all of those um, and dive into our into our discussions today uh, about judging prophetic words. I think it's important that we talk about why we do prophetic words, what we're doing, what we're not doing, uh, the kind of spirit we want to have. We want to give each other a hard time, but we don't want to give our brothers and sisters in Christ a hard time uh, when it comes to the prophetic stuff. Uh, but we do want to police the movement when things get in a little crazy. Uh, we are charismatics ourselves. We believe in the gifts. We love it. One of you guys want to pick up from there, talking about what we want to do, what we don't want to do uh, as we're diving through prophetic reviews for people who may be watching this the first time and think that we're just trying to be ugly to other charismatics out there, which is not the case. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're previewing the episode as though we're just going to be mean to everybody. No, that's not. Uh, there's this culture in the charismatic space that it is ungodly to review a prophetic word because you're basically throwing people under the bus. Now, there's a way to do it in which you are throwing people under the bus. You know, if you got like, I don't know, like a prophetic bingo or something like that. <laughs> uh, okay, One might say. There. Yeah, but uh, if you do it with a mocking spirit, yeah, yeah. And uh, we definitely want to avoid that. But we also want to obey the scripture. It says test all prophecy. And uh, that's First Thessalonians chapter 5. And, and so we're to test it. We're to hold on to the good, let go of the bad. And uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 29, we want to weigh it. So we're just trying to obey the Bible. And, and what we found is that when prophecy is weighed and discerned, as it says in the Bible, then uh, then it is not despised. But if we refuse to test it, we people will despise it. And that's what's been going on for a long time. And uh, and, and so we're, we're just hoping that 
that in doing this, we can one, obey the scripture and two, actually exalt prophecy as a wonderful gift to be treasured and esteemed, so treasured that we test it. So, uh, Taylor, did I miss anything? No, I think, uh, I think we're, we're, we're attempting to do what, what hasn't been done. I mean, in a lot of times in history, even in Jeremiah's day, there was a lot of prophets that were prophesying things that were from their own imagination. And yet you have Jeremiah, who's a true prophet. And I think that this is happening in every day and age where sometimes you've got a number of people prophesying things, some who are legitimately prophesying things that come to pass, um, prophesying things that cause people to repent and turn back to God. And then those who, who kind of come off a little bit different than that and, and just full on false prophets as well. And you know, what's interesting is I think we started doing this, what, in 2019? Was that the first time, Josh? Yes, sir. 2019, the marathon we did on New Year's, so 2019. 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and so because yeah, it was an eight-hour episode. But since then, what we've also seen is uh, some of the some of the people who probably were a little bit critical of us for doing what we were doing uh, are actually starting to do it. They're now starting to to. There's a trend shift going here where now they're actually saying, "No, we believe in the gifts, and we're actually going to take some time to evaluate what's being said." So that's kind of a cool trend. Yeah, uh, I wish they would have jumped on earlier, uh, and I wish that we didn't have to do that to begin with. But uh, it is kind of nice to see that that we're not the only ones doing that now. Yeah, I think that's nice. I think another thing that's nice is that we're seeing, and I don't know if we have a part in this or if people are just wising up, but um, the the kinds of prophetic words that are going out, like it, it seems like people are being more careful, tighter with their language. Um, that people in the charismatic movement are going to kind of review their own stuff. It's one thing for people to go, oh, you know, those those heretic hunters, those cessationist guys are always angry and mean at us. And, you know, they're always coming after us because they don't believe in the gifts. It's another thing when people who are practicing the gifts, believing in the gifts, pursuing the gifts are the ones reviewing your words and calling some attention to it. I think that, that sobers some people up to go, okay, we should be careful with the way that we speak about some of these things. And, um, you know, I think last week we reviewed a couple words that I think were accurate. Like I, th I think we're probably from the Lord. Uh, Marcus Murillo doesn't give a, a lot of details, but he, he gives some predictive prophetic words that I think are, that are strong. Um, but so does Jeremiah Johnson. And I thought both of those were true. I, I, I mean, as, as much as I weighed them. So some people are going to watch these videos and go, oh, you know, do they ever get a prophetic word that they think is real? It's like, we won't know until the end of the year if it is, but man, they, they seem to bear witness. They seem to have a ring of truth to them for me. Uh, I think Miller might have said the same thing. Scripture. In line with the scripture, certainly, uh, potentially uh, could come to pass and we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think some of these today, uh, you know, we've got one with Chris in it, and Chris has seemed to get some stuff right. Uh, I, I'm cards on the table. Chris knows this. I've told Chris this when he came on for the interview. You know, it, it, the John the Baptist in Turkey, you know, <laughs> prophetic word was super weird for me. I've been on sus uh, radar ever since. But, uh, you know, Chris has given some words that have come to pass, you know. He's got, Miller's got a book in his office, apparently, of, of a bunch of prophetic words that have come to pass from Chris Reed that Chris published. I don't think Miller's read that, but it, you know, uh, potentially it could be true. The stuff from Troy Black, Troy to, Brewer, to uh, uh, Jennifer LeClaire, I, I don't, I don't have as much confidence in just cards on the table, letting oh, you guys know dude, on the front end. Don't give away the show before we I, get I, to the episode. To the, I think there's some, some good stuff and some stuff that is, needs to be policed that I think is again out there. I, I like the word shepherded more than policed. I'm not going to um, I I think there should be a little bit of police brutality in the policing of some of this. Uh, no. I don't think Shepard fits. No. I think there needs to be a little bit of Miller is cracking up over there. Both of them. No. Um, I'm sorry. Shake your heads. No. We're not cracking okay. up. Okay. No. So maybe or we should just start watching clips before I dig myself a hole. Police brutality, literally or symbolically. In the in the policing of some of these, right. dude, I can't do transfer of wealth again. I can't do 57, 70, whatever. Okay. Someone's got to tell these yeah, people to stop. It, yeah. It, spray some mace in that, that one's eyes. I mean, yeah. just hit it with a mace. <laughs> just, <laughs> prophetically, not literally, prophetically. Okay. So Pro we should jump in though. We yes. should jump in because some people don't care about our jokes. Although that's right. I don't know. A few people in the chat are LOLing. You guys are egging us on. So, so let's. But what's the first one that we want to do? We want to do Chris Reed. We, I mean, we told Chris, people we do Chris. So Chris gets, and, and he should be first because he was supposed to be last on the other episode and the first shall be last and the last shall be first. 
See what I did? It's it's in the Bible. I don't know if you guys read it, but uh, anyway, so we're going to start with Chris. Chris Chris gave forty prophecies. He actually put it into a book, but but forty real specific prophecies for twenty twenty four and beyond is what it was titled. And uh, Chris is to be commended for doing some specific prophecies. A lot of things that we review end up being word salad, nothing burgers. And uh, can you mix those two metaphors together like a salad and a burger? Anyway, uh, burger salad. <laughs> so a lot of the words end up being like, I, I don't even know what that person said. They just talked a lot, um, but they're not predictive. And so, uh, so we appreciate that. And so let's look at these, Josh. Let's kind of walk through them and, uh, and we'll test them. Bueno. Let's go to this first one. Uh, I, I do think that there will be a assassination attempt on a presidential candidate, and we need to pray against that, uh, that, that, that those plans will be foiled and stopped. I did also see, and I saw this clearly, I didn't see who, not by the word of the Lord, I didn't see who would win the election, but I've been prophesying now for two years that a woman of color, not necessarily black, but a woman of color who would come alongside Donald Trump and would really help him gain back the votes of uh, people that maybe he uh, has lost over time due to personality or whatever issues, a woman would come alongside him and a woman of color. Now, many people have speculated, was it Candace Owens? Was it, they've asked me, I can't say for sure, but I really have a strong feeling that the vice presidential candidate, I do not say this by the word of the Lord, but by strong impression, I believe Nikki Haley will be the VP choice for Donald Trump. Uh, and I, that's just what I feel strongly in my heart. Uh, and I think that that's important. I still am standing on what the Lord showed me. Uh, I do not believe Biden will finish his allotted time in office. I saw him being removed from stage, like stage left, if you please. But it was like very close to the election. And there was a scramble almost like at the last minute to find uh, a, a solid presidential candidate. There was contra controversy around that. And it was like Kamala Harris either became president or assumed presidential powers to some degree for a short, um, for a short period of time. And I will say this, you're going to continue to see major riots in Europe, uh, the Lord showed me uh, this last year, I, one of the prophecies was I said Paris would become a hotbed of turbulence as many of the European nations, as the European Union continues to fracture, that's a prophecy in and of itself, as it will continue to fracture, many of these European nations will, they won't fall into nationalism in the negative way, okay, but they will become very concerned about their culture, their national boundaries, and their nations being overrun by mass illegal immigration. And just this, over the last few months, we've seen many protests in various places where in many of these European nations, they said enough is enough. You know, we cannot sustain this illegal immigration. It cannot continue. And so I think you're going to see also some um, major other leaders that are going to get in serious trouble because there'll be a resurgence of conservatism. Um, and what I mean by that, a populist conservatism that will, will come over the map, kind of like it did in 2016 around that time area. I think there's another cycle of that coming through. We already saw it happen in Italy. We saw it recently happen in Argentina uh, with the new conservative leader there. And I think we're going to see conservatism come more into Canada uh, as Trudeau, I think, is near the end uh, of his tenure there as I'm speaking into 2024 and beyond. And uh, also, I, I think that there'll be a period of where Emmanuel Macron, the president of, uh, of France, prime minister, president, I think there'll be a time he, that he will lessen or lose power, but then he'll come back in another way. But I really do believe we're going to see a real change of the tide in 2024 with conservative leaders, continuation of women leaders, women, strong women leaders that are rising up. And uh, I think we're going to see 2024 be a year of a lot of people in the church, in the kingdom, in the political world, not just in the political world, but in business, people who have unfinished mandates, but for whatever reason, didn't finish them. And they're going to get a second chance uh, for a first impression. And, and so a rise of populist conservatism coming to Europe, prioritizing borders in those nations. I think we're going to see more and more nations pull away from uh, the European Union as we see it continue to fracture and mass illegal immigration all over the globe from the southern hemisphere, not just in into America, even though that's going to continue to be a problem, but also even into Europe from the southern hemisphere immigrating into the northern hemisphere. And it's going to cause a conflict of nations. I think the Israel situation, there'll be pauses, peace, and then some more fighting. But I think the stage is being set ultimately for Israel to strike Iran, uh, who's behind a lot of this. And I talk about in this book, by the way, the principality of Persia, how it's resurfaced in this generation like it did in the days of Daniel, Daniel 10. And so I think we'll see Israel strike Iran, maybe their Iranian nuclear development facility with working in partnership with the U.S. So I think this is going to be a year of real change, a lot of positive change, but just, just like in the 
just like in the Bible, it says in the last days in Isaiah 60, when there's gross darkness on the earth and on the peoples, the light and glory will come up on God's people. So it's going to be the wheat and tares coming to full maturity at the same time. This is your time to research. God is, is simultaneously, while darkness seems to grow, he's also going to be striking the Babylonian system in 2024. Hmm. And a lot of the globalist politicians, the, the globalist one world order uh, politicians, you're going to start to see them fade out. I think you're going to even see change in the Vatican. And remember that uh, you're going to see some real reform and a change of leadership all the way uh, even into the top of the leadership there. God's going to bring in a new set of leaders. We are in an end time scenario, but the kingdom of God is going to continue advance and the gospel is not going to miss a beat. I, I got to ask one last question. I know we're, we're pushing 20 minutes, but I have to ask this as somebody who loves revival, awakening, the move of the Holy Spirit. Is there any prophetic sense or anything that you're seeing, discerning about where we are going into 2024, even on a revival or awakening level? Yes. So I think that there is a real power on right now. The Lord is saying to me that he's taking things back to where they began. Mm. Original anointing, the original calling, the original mandate. Okay. For instance, this is all going to end up back in Jerusalem, right? Because it mm. started there, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. Well, Pentecostalism in America started, um, you know, yeah, Topeka, Kansas, but Azusa Street. I was just there recently, and I believe there's going to be a great awakening in Southern California, uh, in the state of California, and the bonds of wickedness that have been on that state for many years, we're going to see a breaking of that as a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes, and the sign of that will be, now this is important, we're going to see a major earthquake hit California. I'm not talking about a 4 or 5.0, a significant from north to south in California. We're going to see perhaps more than one, but a significant earthquake, and it's not a sign of judgment. It's not the last one, okay? It is the one that is actually evidencing that deeply entrenched principalities that have held on to that place, that geography for so long, are going to be uh, derooted or, or detached, and the sign that that's happening is the earth will violently shake on the West Coast. So much there, guys, so much. Before we dive into some of that, I saw some comments in here uh, that I want to address. Uh, his love army, I think this is your name? Yeah, there we go. Uh, does anyone remember if he said Putin and Biden would be re removed in 2023? The uh, prophetic word that we have uh, that he gave on uh, 2022, he gave 40 prophetic words for 2023 and beyond. And, and few of those words clearly tied into 2024. He made the statement that uh, Biden would not. Oh, are, are you talking, Roundtree? Oh, yeah. I was just trying to clarify because I, I think it's really important that I sure. should have said 2023 and beyond, not four. Which oh, earlier when you were saying. So well, well he, he did say that for this prophetic word. We were talking about the last one, that book that had 40 prophetic words. It was for yeah 2023 and beyond. So uh, in that word, he did say that Trump would, uh, not Trump, he said that Biden would not finish his term. It sounded like maybe there was health issues, maybe that would be involving the uh, the Hunter Biden laptop thing. Uh, there would be some disgrace. He would have to leave office. It sounded like maybe impeachment or health issues were going to cause Biden to step down. And then Kamala would have have office it sounded like in the prophetic word he said for like a month or a couple of weeks like it seems like it's there towards the end so if he doesn't make his term it sounds like the prediction was that it was going to be there at the very end and i think the same thing was given for putin uh which was that he wouldn't finish his term i don't think there was a year or or date stamped to that uh there was another question from for his cause and it wasn't a question it was a statement if god speaks a word to you there will be no doubt about it, not an I think. Um, we've kind of addressed this a couple of times. That's just not the case. Uh, in John 12, God speaks from heaven. Uh, some people thought it thundered. Others thought it was an angel, but John records that it was the voice of God. Um, you know, Job tells us, though God speaks here away, their way, though man doesn't uh, perceive it. Uh, that's from Job 33. The good servant that, that God commends, uh, one of Job's friends, the good guy uh, in the story is the one who, who says this. Uh, over, over in the scriptures, we see that sometimes prophecies are riddled and dark sayings. They're hard to understand. Uh, that's what we see. Uh, speaking of Moses, Mo God speaks to Moses face to face, but the other prophets, he sp speaks in riddles and in dark sayings. So as as we sift through the, these prophetic words, I, wanting to engage with some of the comments from our audience, asking questions and others making statements that are not true. Uh, Miller and Roundtree, do you want to weigh in on this prophetic word from Chris? Sure. Okay. So um, I think my biggest thing would be really the question of why like why are we predicting these things and um and i did put on the front side i'm glad that he's being very specific i think that's good and uh and i do believe chris has a prophetic gift and and so for chris or any other prophetic person um why are we making predictions for the for the new year is it just so we know what to expect uh, 
And so here's why I ask that. When I look at predictive prophecy in the scripture, I see it as being tied to a very specific reason. If in Acts chapter 11, Agabus predicts a famine that's coming over the Roman world, the purpose of that prophecy is to get the church preparing for the famine in such a way that they're actually bringing funds, they're delivering it by the hands of Saul and Barnabas, so the church is physically ready with food stores as a result of this prophecy. Or if in Isaiah, Isaiah predicts that there's going to be this king named Cyrus who comes, actually predicts his name, and um, and he's going to shepherd my people. And so you have this weird, like, how's this pagan king going to shepherd my people? It comes to pass when Cyrus, the Persian king, passes a decree allowing Israel to go back and rebuild the temple. But Isaiah's stated purpose in predicting this is that you may know that I am the Lord. I alone can call the end from the beginning. Like, I know these things. I'm sovereign, not these other false gods that people are turning to. Only Yahweh can do it. Or if we uh, look at another place in uh, in Isaiah, when uh, when he talks about how the virgin will be with child, there was a short-term and a long-term fulfillment. The long-term, more complete and perfect fulfillment was in Jesus, uh, of course. But the original prophecy was delivered to a king named Ahaz. And Isaiah says, ask me for a sign. Ahaz says, I'm not asking for a sign. And he says, all right, well, here's the sign. The virgin will be with child. And uh, you know, before they reach this age, this is going to happen. And, and he gives details for it. And at the point is you, this way you'll know, Isaiah is saying that, that this was the Lord speaking by me and you should have, you should have listened. And so in each case, and in every case I can think of in the scripture, when there is predictive prophecy, it has a specific purpose beyond just so that, you know. And so I, I think that that would be this would be for Chris or anyone when we're predicting a rise of populism or uh, Donald Trump's running mate is going to be this or what. Like maybe that is maybe it's just so that we know God is sovereign. Um, and and if that if that is the reason, I would love for Chris or other prophetic folks to say that like, hey, here's here's why I'm doing this. It's not so uh, it, it's not so we can have a Christian horoscope. And uh, th this is like, I want people to know God is sovereign. He gave me 40 prophecies and 40 prophecies came true. Um, maybe something like that. That's I mean, Isaiah does something like that, but it, it's his stated purpose from the get go. Uh, so I, I have some other thoughts, but I, I'll stick with that for now and give Miller a chance to chime in, too. Uh, I mean, I have guesses as to why God would do this that maybe Chris didn't state. Um, in the same way that, you know, Michael, you and I have gotten words of knowledge for people. Like I've looked at a person, I've told him his name and his occupation. Um, and I just had that knowledge. Why did I know that? Because God knows exactly what's going on with them. So one of the things I like about Chris's words is that they were very specific. These are things that we will know eventually if they come to pass or not. And if they come to pass, then it also reminds us that God knows what's going on. Um, he's not caught by surprise by any of this. And at the end of the day, he is still sovereign. And so you can also assuredly know that he will come back and reign and rule as he is reigning even now. So I think there are reasons. I wish Chris would have stated those, um, and I don't know, and I may be giving him the reasons he would have stated on his own, but those are things I can think of. Uh, the other thing, I, I think you said this, but I'm going to just slightly uh, alter it a bit. You, you said that Chris was making words for the new year. I think what you mean to say is Chris was giving words, not necessarily that are going to be fulfilled in the new year, um, but also I don't think he was necessarily giving words for the year as much as he was every year at this time. He set aside, sets aside a time to pray and listen, and this is when he does this. Um, it does look a lot like what we're seeing with others, where they give the prophetic word for the new year. So yeah, I'm trying no. to give. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think a key phrase is the and beyond part. So no, it wasn't just for the new year. Um, the and beyond actually makes it a little more difficult to test. Like, has anyone attempted assassination on Joe Biden? As far as we know. No, um, it has, you know, the running mate of Nikki Haley and so on. So the, there are a number of things that like, we just, we can't know yet, but he said 2023 and beyond. So the, and beyond part means, well, there's still time for most of these to be fulfilled. Um, there are some others where, you know, like, I mean, if I wanted to be critical, I could say, 
well, you know, this rise of populism is already like I'm reading secular authors right now who are talking about a rise of populism that's taking place around the world and uh, European nations kind of turning inward and nations around the world turning uh, inward and more nationalistic and so on. And, uh, and so those trends were already there, but he does, to his credit, also predict some things that aren't just already trends. Um, so so there, there's a both and. And so it's not wrong to prophesy something that's, that's already trending. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just identifying that as a, uh, as a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, what do you think of some of the things Miller and I have been talking mm. about? Well, so here, here's what I'm thinking. I, like, I, I know of few prophetic words in the Bible that are like, this year, this is going to happen. Or in the next, you know, six months, this is going to happen. Like, I, I read the, the Old Testament frequent and the prophets are going to say, hey, I'm raising up Babylon. He's going to destroy you. It's like, you want to give me a timestamp on that? It's like, no, it's going to happen. And I know that we, a lot of people, especially like that are watching these prophetic videos are like, oh, it's totally a cop out to write and beyond. And I go, I mean, unless you know, like I, 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 you can't say Isaiah had a cop out, right? Or Jeremiah had a cop out or you know, Ezekiel or Habakkuk had cop outs because most of them don't give dates for their predictions. They just say these things are going to happen in the future. Um, so I would maybe even suggest like, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, tell anybody what to do with prophetic words. Like I, I'm, I'm thrilled that these guys are, you know, taking, uh, precautions to be very specific about the conclusions of these words. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, there's not timestamps and it can be open-ended. Well, that's not the case. Um, Biden won't finish his term was one of the prophetic words that were given. Either that will happen or it won't. Um, and I don't know if I can be neutral. I'll be honest, guys, ever since, and I, I, I'll tell, you know, Chris, if you're watching, I'm sure you're watching, uh, we'll send you, we'll, we'll text you the, the link after we go live or whatever. Um, like I, I have a hard time wanting to get like from from the time that there was this angel that came to him and talked about stuff John in Turkey and and the the French was it French prime minister or French president or something like that um you know yeah. kind of having Emmanuel some like anti Christ like characteristics he said a, a kind of antichrist not that he would be the antichrist but like there there were there were some things that just I don't know man I like they they caused me to kind of pause and go, I don't know about that. We'll see. Um, I don't know. Ever since it's just kind of, it's kind of put words from him on pause for me. I don't know that I can, I have the same kind of, I don't know, expectation that these things will come to pass. I mean, I certainly don't want him to be wrong. I, I certainly don't, I mean, I don't want these things to happen per se, but um, I don't want Chris to look bad, nor do I want the the charismatic community to get more prophetic words wrong. Like I hope that they're right. Uh, but at the same token, I just I have a sense of skepticism because of it. It, yeah. So he does mention a couple of other things like an earthquake and a revival in Southern California. Um, man, that would be hopeful. And honestly, if there's a huge earthquake that happens, uh, that would be like, wow, it would cause uh, me to be very excited. I think it's just a wait and see kind of thing. I'm probably not as bearish. Like, yes, that word about John in the cave, that kind of was like, eh, that's not good. Um, but then, a lot of the other stuff he's said, there are signs that of, thing, of things he's prophesied that have come to pass. Um, and then, you know, regarding, this is a weird thing because this kind of reminded me of this, this idea of a big earthquake hitting. Um, I don't know where I read this. And Roundtree, you might be able to help me on this. I think this might have been in Jack's newest book, but I think it also may be the chapter that was unpublished. Uh, or maybe it was just a sermon or a conversation we had. Um, oh, the earthquake about, where he says, you tell me the date and it'll happen on that date. That one. Yeah. Well, it was a, it was a earthquake that he predicted about when he would fly into California to visit mm -hmm. John at the Wimber, John, John Wimber at the vineyard. And, um, and then it happened. And Jack made this statement about Paul that I thought was very insightful, but it was like, you, you only know it in hindsight. You know, on the front end, it sounded like this earthquake was going to be a, a uh, way of confirming that Paul is a true prophet. Um, but in hindsight, it ended up being an omen of the kind of damage that would happen in Paul's wake because he ended up doing so much damage to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was interesting. And I, I really hope that, you know, that this kind of, earthquake would be exactly as Chris said, just the opposite of uh, massive damage, but rather uh, revival. 
Um, yeah, that's my hope. All that yeah. said. Well, to your point though, we do when evaluating prophecies, we have to leave space for people to, to prophesy things that even in the communication of it are a little mysterious. I mean, sure. We'd love for somebody to just hand us Biff's almanac and give us a list of dates so we can all get yeah. rid of Biff's uh, almanac. <laughs> yeah. right so yeah that that would be awesome but you know you read revelation and john doesn't give us biff's almanac he gives us uh terrifying visions and people are still bewildered over the meaning of these visions and so prophecy can be that way and we have to allow prophecy to sometimes now again chris is pretty dang specific uh but there you know there can be some some things where to your point michael we have to understand sometimes people can prophesy things that are a little ambiguous that we understand on the backside. And you might not like that about prophecy, but it behaves that way in the Bible. So we have to allow space for it to behave that way in our lives. Yep. Yeah. And there, there was other prophetic words and I gotta give Chris's due as much as I'm like <laughs> this prophetic word that sounded like a Mormon prophecy, right? Like it feels really creepy and weird. He's given a lot of words that have come to pass, right? Like oil spills in Florida, uh, wildfires, like, like he's given, He's given specific words. He's given other words that look like they've come to pass and words that look like uh, there's a high probability that they will come to pass. It looks like it's going to be a toe-to-toe between DeSantis and Trump. And it looks like that Trump is going to beat DeSantis, which is, again, all the things that he's predicted. And we didn't even know that DeSantis was running when he gave these predictions, right? So, like, uh, he was still going for Florida and wasn't necessarily trying to... It was pretty obvious, though. It it was pretty obvious. A lot of people even in... Yes, yes. But I don't think that makes it an off-limits word to share. I don't think so either. It's it's just not going to have the same effect as, like, when Isaiah predicts Cyrus hundreds of years before, you know? So, right. Uh, so it's different, but it doesn't mean it's wrong, uh, wrong to do that, so. Right, so all, uh, all, all I'm saying is when you weigh prophetic words, you've got to weigh the track record, you've got to weigh the person's fruit, you got to weigh them doctrinally, right? So um, as far as I'm aware, and we've had conversations with Chris, he seems to be an Orthodox guy, uh, he doesn't believe any heresy, justification, he's got it down, Trinity's got it down, Christology's got it down, like he's, he's just an Orthodox dude. Um, prophetic words that he's gotten wrong. If, if he gets these wrong about Trump, I guarantee you he's going to repent. Like he's told us publicly, you know, I'll repent if I get this wrong and more power to him. I'd be proud of him if he did that. Um, but, but also like I, I'm weighing some of the, like the odd stuff. I think it's odd. I don't think odd is disqualifying. I just, I just have to admit that that's, I don't know that I can remain neutral. It's just, uh, it's odd. Um, but then he's gotten stuff right. And I think that we should take that into consideration as well when weighing these words. So, um, any other thoughts on this, guys? Do you, would y'all stand behind this and go, I think that's a word of the Lord? Oh. Would you say, man, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, There's would one you say more definitely not the word? Go ahead. There was one more thing he mentioned about um, an assassination attempt on a presidential candidate and that we should pray that it's foiled. Um, I think that's an interesting thing to note is that he's claiming there's a prophetic thing that's going to happen and that there's prayer, that prayer can impact the outcome. So that's kind of something to be aware of on this one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, it's not as though Jonah was a false prophet because he went and said Nineveh is going to be destroyed and then the people repented and it wasn't destroyed. So we call this conditional prophecy. Jeremiah talks about this. I want to say, is it Jeremiah 18, guys, uh, where he talks about, you know, if you say this is going to happen, this bad thing, but the people repent, I'll relent. And if they don't repent... Uh, or if they turn really evil after they've been righteous, you know, the thing comes like it, God gives these conditions about prophetic words uh, based on obedience and repentance. And so uh, and and in this case for Chris, he mentions prayer. So I, I, we do have to have space for conditionality and prophecy. I, I do believe, Michael, it's Jeremiah 13. 13. I, is that wrong. right to you? Hey, okay. that, there's a first for everything, guys. It's the end times for sure. If Michael Rantree can't find a Bible verse and I'm the one who helps him okay. find it. Uh, so Let's go. so next, uh, one. next one. Okay. Yeah. Does anyone want to weigh in on whether they want to say this is for sure the word of the Lord or you don't know? I'm going to say I don't know. Rantree or Miller? Uh, I'm going to say I'm rooting for him, but I don't know. We'll know after on this one. TBD. Got it. Okay, cool. We'll we'll jump in. Here's uh, Jennifer. Buckle up. A lot of that, how the 
Lord can speak through many people the same thing and then speak different things through each of us. I want to highlight one thing quickly. Now, some years ago, uh, Chuck Pierce uh, began to prophesy about the new Watchmen movement rising. And, um, you know, I jumped in on that. That's been one of the calls on my life is the Watchmen anointing and uh, began to write and teach on that. I was in prayer a few weeks ago and I was reading the book of Nehemiah. I always ask the Lord, what do you want me to read? He said, read the book of Nehemiah. And in one chapter, three times, it says the enemy burned down the gates. And I said, oh, Lord, he said, the enemy is trying to burn down the gates. Now, in ancient times, this was literal, but now the Lord is speaking symbolically, figuratively. The enemy is targeting gates at all levels of society. It's not just borders. It's the seven mountains. And this is not a new strategy, clearly, but it is escalated because the Lord showed me the enemy is no longer interested in merely coming through the gates. He wants to burn them down completely. So there's no resistance to his plans. If he can burn down the gates, he can come in like a flood. Now, we know the Lord will raise up a standard as the intercessors pray, but we need to understand not just what the Lord wants to do, but how the enemy is moving against God's will uh, so that we're positioned rightly for this era of war. You know, the enemy wants to dominate. He wants to change the times and the laws. Uh, he wants to see idolatry and immorality prevail in cities and nations. God wants to bring revival. So the kingdom of God suffer violence, the violent take it by force. But, you know, the answer here is twofold. The, the church in general must remember, we must remember that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. We must not allow the spiritual pressure that we're feeling. I know many leaders, many believers are feeling great pressure and the enemy wants to take that pressure and turn it into oppression so that we won't release our voice in prayer, so that we won't speak to that mountain, so that we won't stand in the gaps, so we won't, you know, make up the, make up the hedge. He wants us to lay down our weapons, especially with regard to the gates. It's a critical time at the gates because the gates are what? The point of enemy attack because that's the seat of authority. The gates are where judges and officers administrate justice. We're looking at the Bible here. The gates are where conspiracies are plotted. The gates are where councils are held. The gates are where prophets proclaimed the messages of God. Catch that. The gates are where the prophets proclaimed the messages of God. So the enemy wants to burn down the gates. Now here's the strategy. Watchmen must partner with gatekeepers at a higher level. We've seen for many years the watchmen on the wall, the gatekeepers guarding access. We need a new level of cooperation, sharing of prophetic intelligence, praying together between the watchmen intercessors, the watchmen prophets, and the gatekeeper intercessors. The gatekeeper intercessors must be alerted. See, the watchmen, you know this, the watchmen see from far off. The gatekeeper has a different perspective because the gatekeeper's job is to guard the gate. So we need the watchmen and the gatekeepers to really connect with one another. We don't need to be in silos. We don't need to be you know, in our little camps, our little flows, our little streams. We must, as we're doing here today, come together with different perspectives, different understanding of different cultures, different nations, different types of warfare, different streams of prayer. And we must begin to release the gatekeepers over these closed gates to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. And it's the combination of the watchkeeper and the, the watchmen and the gatekeepers through the avenue of worship and prayer that's gonna prevent the enemy from burning down these gates. He's not gonna prevail. I decree it in the name of Jesus. I declare that the watchmen and the gatekeepers are going to rise up. They're going to share intelligence. They're going to pray without ceasing. We're going to walk in humility. And I say in the name of Jesus, the mountains will move. The gates will be secured. And we shall prevail because we are a victorious church in Jesus' name. So... <laughs> You're, You're muted, muted, bro. Nobody can hear you laughing. Please stop. You're muted. Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. It's okay. I was expecting you to uh, to talk, but you just put the camera on yourself and sat there. <laughs> you were speechless. You were speechless. You want me to start? I'll start. Okay. Um, I okay. There was one part that was definitely the word of the Lord, and that was the part where she said, "We will prevail. The church will prevail." The gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Uh, God wins. Uh, I didn't know that because of the prophetic word. I knew that because of the scripture. And uh, that's our more sure prophetic word, the one we can always rely on. Um, now, now this one, I'm sure, I don't know a whole lot about Jennifer McClare. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sure that she's serving the Lord. And, and I will give her this credit too. She is um, she's exhorting people to do holy things like pray and listen to God. Those are holy. And, uh, and so that's good. Go after the devil. That's good. So she's exhorting people to do holy things. Uh, so I appreciate that. Other than that, though, I, I would say I, I wouldn't label this a prophecy personally. Um, I also think that I disagree that it's holy things, but go ahead. Yeah. A couple of things that I would is, like not a prophecy for the new year. I mean, I think that I think the devil's always attacking the gatekeepers. I know I keep coming back to Revelation. Sorry, my head's there. I'm, I'm in it. I'm writing about it. But, um, you know, the S Revelation 12, the dragon and 13, the beast, and there's a correlation between them because Satan loves to influence governments. He's he's that's what he does. And so uh, 
he he's always influencing the gatekeepers that's government level and certainly the devil is always trying to hurt people leaders of all and every kind and then you know the connection between the what the watchmen and the gatekeepers so if the watchmen are more like the prophetic people who she says see far away and they need to be in touch with the gatekeepers the ones who are interceding i mean certainly we want a relationship between prophecy and intercession uh, on some level, I mean, I just think Ephesians 6, we're to all pray in the Spirit at all times, which is to pray in accordance with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. As the Spirit leads us, that's how we pray. So there's a sense in which we can all do that. I mean, it's fine. We, yeah, let's get the intercessors and the prophets talking. That, that's a good thing. I, I just, it's hard for me to see that as like a real prophetic word because that, that should always be true this year and every year. Um, and we should all be seeking to pray in accordance with the spirit's desires. And, uh, and, and then I think the last thing that I would say is she mentioned seven mountains and she mentioned decreeing and declaring. So both of these are like, when we prophesy, we want to avoid packing our personal theology into it. Uh, so seven mountains, dominionism, uh, God wants to take over the seven mountains of influence, government, church, culture, or entertainment, and you know, there are five others. And so basically different spheres, sectors, mountains of society. It, it, it's heavily pushed in some circles. Not mine. I'm not into it. Um, I, I, I don't see dominionism being a thing. I mean, certainly we need to subdue the earth, as Genesis 128 tells us, but I don't like packing a certain branch of theology into it. And then decreeing and declaring is another example of that. Um, I, I, I don't like that decree and declare. That's kind of a word of faith approach. And I think if we're going to share a prophetic word, let's strip it of uh, denominational flair and of our stream and color and branch of, of Christianity and just give us, give us the unadulterated word of the Lord, uh, not colored in any way by uh, by your own, say, eschatology or something else. So those are my thoughts. I, I think it was nonsense. I, I got nothing yeah. positive to say. Like, you're like, hey, like, you know, she encouraging you to do prophetic, you know, praying and, and stuff like that. Like, no, she wasn't. She was encouraging some esoteric, like, you know, watchman anointing, seer anointing, you know, participate, like using this novel language in order to rope people into some kind of, prophetic language that she's got this new battle plan for the new year, which I think is ridiculous. I don't think it's helpful. I think this is indicative of charismatics who think if they do these esoteric spiritual practices behind closed doors, they will feel like they're contributing to the salvation and the transformation of the world rather than actively participating in it, right? You want to do spiritual warfare? Like stop getting into a closet with a bunch of seers and, and speakers and speaking to spirits and, and, and attacking the demonic forces and these principalities. Go out and preach the gospel. Tell people to repent and believe. Like you're convincing yourself you're doing evangelism by praying and prophesying when you're not. You're not doing evangelism. You're not winning souls. You're not changing people's hearts, right? You can pray that God will do things. Fantastic. Go for it. But, but go out there. You want to do spiritual warfare. Go preach the gospel, right? Go tell people that they're sinners and they need to repent. Uh, that's how you change things. And, and this... Uh, maybe it's indicative of my background and things like this, but uh, this just frustrates the tar out of me. This is not a prophetic word. This is a giant nothing sandwich full of vagaries that will never be able to be tested or ever. We'll never know at the end of 2024 if this happened, if this didn't happen. Uh, also, this is from the person who wrote an entire book about marine spirits. I, I got I got nothing, man. Um, I, I don't care for it. There are so many new spiritual practices and teachings that will never be found in the scripture that come out of this movement, come out of this teacher. I, I don't think, I, nothing good. That's, those are my uh, so, thoughts. Miller, would you like to pull me back a little bit? Yeah, sure. I'm not quite as uh, frustrated about it all as you are, but I think it's par for the course. I don't think this is prophecy. The fact that she bakes the seven mountain stuff into her prophecy already tells me this is not the Lord because I think seven mountains is wrong. Um, same thing with the declarations, word of faith, the stuff that's baked into the prophecy. I already think that that stuff is wrong. And, and actually, I think that stuff is wrong to a degree that I um, would encourage people not to go to a church where they're teaching that kind of stuff. Um, do I think she's she could still be a sister in the Lord? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not as frustrated. It, to me, it's just par for the course of what we've been dealing with for the last several years. So uh, I don't think it's prophecy. Um, sorry. That's yeah, it. I, I want to be very clear. I'm not saying that she's not a Christian. 
I, like, I didn't say I'm not saying that. And, and, yeah. and I'll, I'll, someone in the comments said something to the effect of that. I'm like, I'm not saying that she's not Christian. She's not saved. You know, she's never given a real prophetic word. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying when you give vague words, when you teach things that can't be found in scripture, when your prophecies are as vague as your teachings and they don't seem like they're tethered to anything substantive, like, what do you want me to do? Like, I feel like these are the kinds of prophetic words that require us to keep doing this until things change. Like, I don't want to do prophetic reviews every year. Don't want to do it. But like, if we don't do it, this stuff keeps happening. And then every year people rush to this kind of thing to get the new word for the year to, to ultimately get a nothing burger. Like I, you would have more direction from the Lord in a fortune cookie. Like the, there's nothing there. Um, sorry. That's all I have to say. Do you guys want to move on to the next one? Or does, again, yes. someone need to correct me publicly? I'm, I'm perfectly fine. If you I mean, pull me back a little bit. Go ahead. Roundtree. Communicating. It's all there's good. different there's different ways of communicating the same thing you're so patient with me um let's go let's do troy brewer because that can be quick and, we, and then i'll give us some time for troy black but if you go back if you look at the 84th verse of the old testament it's i did make this video a little bit different there is a count of errors in the top right corner so just heads up it's, it's literally able at the altar. And the Lord told me that this is going to be a year of the altered state, that we have to learn how to live at the altar in the midst of the altered state. And then if you look at the 84th verse of the New Testament, it is Matthew 420. And it says, and immediately they left their nets and they followed him. So we have always been people that are asking God for suddenly. God is asking us for immediately. I need you to drop what you're doing and get with a new program. And so I preached that all throughout the year going into 5784. And then of course, the 57, the 5784th verse, John, is a game changer. It's Deuteronomy 32 verse 25. And it actually describes the events that happened on October the 7th in Israel. And wow. it says in, in the street, the sword will make them childless in their homes. Terror will reign. The young men and the young women shall perish and the infants and those with gray hair. Now that is a perfect description mm -hmm. for October 7th in the Hamas terrorist attack. And that is the 5,784th verse. Now, Going into the year 2024, the overlay of that is this. The number 24 is a number that's related to priesthood, and it's a number that is related to uh, the encirclement of God's camp or the throne of Jesus himself being in the midst of people. So how is that? Wow. Well, the word lamb appears in the book of Revelation exactly 24 times, and it's always associated with the throne of Jesus. Revelation 5.13, and I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, and under the sea, all of them saying, to him who sits upon the throne and the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So there's 24 lambs in the book of Revelation attached to the throne. And then there's 24 elders that also surround the throne. So what we find is the theme in the word of God prophetically with the number 24 many times is associated with a throne room scene. So the judgment of God is a big deal. The authority of the Lord is a big deal. Worship is extremely big. Um, John, the number 12 is a number that represents perfect government. So we have a 12 and a 12, which equals 24. And it has to do with the manifold government of God with King Jesus himself seated, uh, seated upon the throne. So I was looking this up this morning, uh, knowing I was going to talk to you. And I just thought, I need to look at the word judge. And I found that the word judge is found 24 times in the New Testament. So there you have wow. Jesus, the righteous judge. And I, I have to tell you before we go any further with this, brother, God was not caught by surprise on October the 7th and how it, how it changed the world. It literally changed the world. Um, he's, I want to tell you, he saw every single bit of that and he still sees today. Mm -hmm. It is so important that you and I, as people of God, that we remain kingdom people, that we remain loyal, that we remain faithful and that uh, Jesus is in fact our King. So in 2024, John, um, we see that God is judging from his throne and those who have passed the test. So important that we pass the test. Uh, God is literally handing out to the faithful, to the loyal. He's handing out supernatural blessings, commands, permissions, and upgraded authority for the time to come. The Lord is literally upgrading people that have qualified. And I think that just since 2020, man, we've had to qualify for some things. We've had to decide to be loyal. We've had to be faithful to get through some things. And I see God Almighty bringing tremendous upgrade in the year 2024, and it's all connected with his throne. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, it's really fascinating. I, I love how God speaks to you through these numbers. And I know that there's, there's more to meets the eye than just the words that are on the paper in the Bible. I mean, each in the Hebrew language, and I believe in Greek too, like there each letter, I know in Hebrew, each letter also represents a number. And so there's important things that are connected with that. Yeah, you know, in the Greek language, uh, with their, with actually with their alphabet, there's twenty, there's twenty four letters in the Greek alphabet. Mm -hmm. Yes, every single letter also represents a number. The same as in the Hebrew um, language, every single letter also represents a number, and of course, it also represents a prophetic sign. And the prophetic sign for the four, for the fifty seven eighty four, or for the year twenty twenty four, the prophetic sign for the four is an open door. And mm -hmm. I think that that's what we're talking about because, because what we see is we see that we're moving in from 2023 into 2024. And just exactly like that, we're moving from Psalms 23 into Psalms 24. And Psalms 24 is all about open doors in heaven. It's all about lift up your heads, you heavenly gates, who is the king of glory, right? It's about going through the valley of the shadow of death and seeing God Almighty arise in a tremendous way. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a big part of it as well. Um, 
I was looking at this morning as well. I was looking at, you know, in the heavens, there is a star in the heavens that God Almighty placed there within our firmament that's in Ursa Minor or the Little Dipper, and it's it's the number 24. And it's actually numbered as 24. It's, it's 24 Ursa Minor. It's the closest star that there is to the North Star, the Polar Star. And the North Star or the Polar Star represents the throne of Jesus. Everything circles it, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is yet to come. It's the 50th brightest star. And 50 means jubilee. That means that you're set free if you can find the throne. It's, it's the North Star. If you ever find it, you're never lost again, right? So all that is themes of the throne of King Jesus placed within God's creation. I think that um, this prophetically speaks of the judgment of Jesus for his redeemed people to be set free in the year 2024. Watch watch a great move of God take place in 2024 where addictions fall off. Watch a great move of God in 2024 where there's a revival against pornography, where men are no longer bound by that kind of sexual sin. Watch there be a big sweep and a big move of God as far as setting people for, um, set free this next year. You know, I can, I can see that when we see the number 24 and looking into the year 2024, that when God likes to encircle things, he likes to stamp the number four on it. So we can see like the throne has 24 elders around it. There's 24 hours in a day. The world has 24,000 miles around it. And it has to do with being encircled. I shall be a wall of fire around you and I will also be the glory in the midst of you. I think that the Lord really wants to burn bright in the midst of us this year. And our role is to make sure that Jesus is sitting on the throne of our own hearts more than ever, ever, ever before. It also speaks of global impact, right? It speaks of global sanctions, global mandates, warfare on a global basis, all those things, you know, everything that we're looking at now is worldwide, everything. And I think more than anything, uh, Brother John, I think, I think more than anything, I think that this next year, the big, huge theme, uh, one of the prophetic, you know, I have a small layer, somebody else has a small layer, you know, we all prophesy in part, but the midnight hour is a tremendous theme for me. It's the 24, mm -hmm. it's the midnight hour. And I think that we have to learn how to live like we are actually living in the end times, looking unto Jesus, walking in the fear of the Lord, um, us being so sold out toward the imminent and the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ and understand that our redemption is actually drawing nigh. So I was looking up words that have to do with, you know, 24, right? It has to do with final hour. Did you know that the word watchful is in the Bible? Be ye watchful 24 times. I was like, wow. oh, yeah, what about this? The word redemption is in close. the Bible 24 times. Like, are you kidding me? Like, nope. The word, I'm sorry, the word repentance. So the, the command, repent and be watchful. He did correct himself. Word, so the word, what did he say? It wasn't repent. He, he tried to say repentance, but he said like redemption. The word redemption is 24 times. He goes, oh, wait, 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 wait it's repentance. Anyway, so he, he did he did try to correct himself there. Repentance is in the Bible 24 times and the word and the word be watchful is in the Bible 24 times. This is a year that God's going to speak so strongly about his imminent and his glorious return. And he's looking for people who are looking for him. Hmm. Um, we have to learn how to live like that. Okay. So we gotta let Miller go first. Yeah, Miller, we take all the good stuff. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I, I do think that there will be. <laughs> I was like, nope, Miller's not going good. first. I'm just going to click all the other videos instead. Go ahead, Miller. <laughs> oh, I, I don't have much good to say. I, I, well, okay, I can give you one good thing to say. People getting set free from sin, men getting set free from pornographic addiction. Oh, God, may that be true. Um, but I also don't want it coming from this guy because what he's doing with numbers is wrong. Um, and, it, and the example he's setting is bad. Um, so, yeah, trying to find these kind of codes in the scripture and then turning them into prophetic future events, it's just not helpful at all. Um, and it actually causes people to despise prophecy. And, and this kind of stuff, I'm going to say, don't, don't follow this guy um, for that reason. Uh, this, this is the reason why people despise prophecy is this kind of stuff. Um, I don't know what else to say that, that, that's it really. It frustrates, Man, this I, one frustrates me more than the other. Uh, yeah, Josh, I actually feel like you did on the last one right now. It's, yeah. it's going to take restraint. I, this one upset me. What I want people to remember when you prophesy and is you're, you're speaking, you're representing God. And if you prophesy to thousands or millions of people, like you, you should tremble to do so. And, and to just, to just throw out there a bunch of numbers, like this is the, uh, for one, most of them were wrong. Maybe, uh, maybe all, all we counted <laughs> most of the, numbers I think he were got wrong. it right that there are 24 letters in the Greek alphabet. He got that one, right? Yeah. What he said about the star close to the North star. I mean, I'm no astronomer, but according to ChatGPT, <laughs> he's wrong. Uh, I don't know. I'd take ChatGPT over this prophet. That's where I'm like, you're not a prophet if ChatGPT beats you. That, I'm sorry. Like, it's destructive. It's it's bearing the Lord's name in vain. Now, I don't think that's his intention. I think he probably like loves Jesus and prays to Jesus and trusts Jesus to forgive him of his sins and give him a brand new life. 
etc. I think he's probably a brother. I've never met him. Uh, I just, I'm just saying, I think this is sin. I, I think that it's, it is misrepresenting the Lord to say these, like, this is the year of the altered state. God is, I mean, God is asking for an immediately, like, these don't make sense as prophecies to millions of people. Of course, God always wants immediate obedience, but what about that as a prophecy? Um, and you know, the, this is a year of upgrading authority and somehow like the number 24, this takes us from Psalm 23 to 24. I mean, I mean when the Bible was written, it didn't even have chapters and verses like this. It's, it's just, uh, it is destructive and I wish it would stop. Yeah. The suddenlies versus immediately's, um, I've said this in past episodes when we talk about prophecy, but anytime somebody tries to come up with pithy things like this, um, it's not to say that it's never the Lord, but there's more going on there. Um, that that's an added element of flair to spice up something. So guys, the, the, why did he stop there? Thing? I think, I think there's some kind of animation that I didn't turn off on this computer that when you put your hand up and do a thumb, it, it animates it some reason. I, I turned it off on my last computer, but I just oh, changed this one. For real? So I, like, I think so. I think if I put again, a... Because it keeps know, happening to Miller. So I think Yeah, Miller, put be... your thumb up. I don't know. No. Yeah, there it is. Oh, there hey! it, is. <laughs> there it, is. Uh, it really likes his thumbs up. So uh, here, here's the thing. Why didn't he do like the 24th word of Isaiah? Or the 24th verse of Isaiah? Or the 24th, like, because eventually you can keep finding the 24th something and it's going to mean something else every time. It depends on the source material. So what he did was he, he kept searching until he found a composite image. Now, additionally, guys, this doesn't work. Like, this word shows up in the Bible 24 times. What do you mean in Greek, in Hebrew, in your English Bible? What are you talking about? Right? Like, he, it, you look at the NIV. And it is the word repentance that might have 24 times, but in the ESV, it's not 24 times. In the New King James, it's not. So does God only speak in the NIV? Like, like what, are you, what are you saying? What are you doing? Like, what biblical evidence do you have to just say, oh, it's year 57, you know, 82. So let's go find the 82nd verse in the Old Testament. By the way, his counts were wrong, okay? The, the count that he prophesied of like, this clearly uh, predicts what's going to happen uh, in Israel with the Palestinian, you know, Hamas invasion or whatever. Like when he describes that, it was act the correct Bible verse was actually uh, like the verse in Exodus that says, don't murder right? Like, is it the year of don't murdering? Hey guys, newsflash, every year is the year of don't murdering. You shouldn't murder. It's bad. Okay. Like, I, thus says like, the Lord. Th thus yeah. saith the Lord, right? Like if you find, okay, the year 2024 20, in the Gregorian calendar, uh, we're now going to go find the 24th verse of some Bible thing. It's still going to be true. Sure. But are you going to project that somehow over the whole year? This is Christian horoscope. This is ridiculous. We don't do this. Yeah. There's no evidence for this. Uh, in our 2020 review of all the prophetic words, we reviewed this model of, uh, of prophetic words. We reviewed this. Dr. Michael Brown, Hebrew scholar. He says the only groups of people who were doing this with the years and trying to find meaning in numbers in the text or or uh, not even with years, but like the numbering of texts, he says they were like cult second temple Jewish guys. Like they weren't even like the mainstream Christian dudes. They were they were cult groups that the Jewish community didn't even accept. So uh, I, I think that this needs to be burned down. We need to reject it. We don't need, I don't know where this practice came from, uh, but it's not of God. It's not in the scriptures. No one in the New Testament does it. Jesus doesn't do it. Pro the prophets in the Old Testament don't do it. Uh, this has got to stop. It's silliness. And I, I hope Christians stop doing this. And, and just check your facts before you speak in the name of the Lord. Yeah. Um, hey, so uh, CJ... Uh, C-E-J-A-Y in the chat says this, Troy Brewer's ministry has rescued hundreds and hundreds of trafficked children around the world and has numerous homes for those children. Um, so you guys comment on that. And Josh, you were 100% true that with us before the show. We know that's true. So Miller and Josh, uh, what is the relevance? One, for character when testing the word of the Lord. And for Troy Brewer specifically in testing this word. So, uh, Miller, do you do you have thoughts? I don't want to interrupt. I I, I can jump to the to the microphone Josh, quickly because I, I do have I, thoughts. I'll be quick. You know, I know that um, you can have terrible character and predict things that come to pass. So, um, 
I I just mentioned Paul Kane earlier about the wake of damage that he committed, even though he had crazy accurate prophecies. People I know, the number of testimonies come to me, he was like, yeah, he spoke something very accurate to me. And so I love that Troy Brewer is is doing that. I wish that he would stick to that and stay out of the prophecy realm, specifically when he starts using numerology, because I actually think while he's doing really good over here, he's doing a lot of damage over here. And that's it. You know what? Uh, one of our commenters, I think, summed up my thoughts on this quite well. He should keep rescuing children and stop practicing divination and witchcraft. That is an accurate description of what I think he should do. Uh, the Mormons rescue children. The Mormons adopt children, uh, right? Uh, there's nothing wrong with ending trafficking, but just because someone does it doesn't mean that they're right. So I have mad respect for Troy Brewer as a Christian brother who pastors a church and locally in his church gives away food to homeless people, cares for people, uh, rescues children. In fact, I was talking before the show how I have mad respect for the man, uh, for the way that he is leading his community to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in an open door church. Was it, is he in Waco? I forget. I forget where he is. Wherever he is. He, Burleson, maybe. Burleson? Yeah, that sounds right. Fort Worth, maybe. <laughs> That's right. It's it's South Fort Worth. Um, but, but regardless, I mean, he is doing great and mighty things in the name of the Lord. And he should focus on those things and not this. Um, this is bad. He should stop this. Friends of Troy Brewer should tell Troy Brewer, please stop. You're making Christianity look silly. Uh, you don't actually even need the Holy Spirit to give these prophetic words. You just need to be able to use math, right? Like if, if you can do prophetic words without the Holy Spirit, you, you shouldn't be doing that. That's wrong. Um, anyway, regardless, uh, those are my thoughts about the child trafficking yeah. situation. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I, I do say, I will say, character is a test for prophets. Matthew chapter 7, uh, Jesus says, many come to me in my name, um, and uh, saying, I prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name. He ends by saying, depart from me, I, you workers of lawlessness or wickedness, I never knew you. Um, and so we do want to, and he calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. We do want to pay attention to character. If someone has evil character, we shouldn't trust them as a prophet of the Lord. But it doesn't follow that if someone has good character, that automatically whatever they prophesy is true. Troy, it, it probably has good character. I don't know. I don't know. But this is actually why you have to be just real careful about any YouTube prophet, because the truth is you really don't know their character. Uh, one of the things, uh, who was it guys last week that um, it was Jeremiah Johnson who um, had submitted his prophecies to his local leadership and they kind of waited said, we believe this is the word of the Lord, which also tells me he's, he is accountable. Um, that's, that's something that you can lean into more. Um, and, and Troy is probably accountable on his own life. I'm not suggesting he's not. I'm just saying, yes, character is a test. It does matter. If you have evil character, shouldn't be trusted, but it doesn't follow that just because you have good character, like Mormons often do, doesn't mean that the prophecies are automatically from the Lord. And in this case, they're not from the Lord. I can say that definitively. Guys, it's okay. 5.03. Do we want to do Troy Black today? Do you want to? I'm going, I'm going to roll in late if you guys are. Oh, whatever Miller says. What do you want, Miller? Uh, I've got to cook dinner tonight, so I may have to jet out if we don't if it takes too long. I've got to. So buy how about we let we let Miller go first? How about that? <sighs> well, I, I say let's just wait on it. Let's do it next week. Okay, cool. Keep yeah. the people so guys, in just, suspense. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We're we're not really that prophetic because we've done this two weeks in a row. We we thought that we could get like the fourth person in, and we couldn't. So <laughs> y'all are gonna have to wait. On Troy Black, we'll review that one next week. So, um, so yeah, there's that. Sorry guys. Um, but next week we'll do some more prophetic review. Josh is next week. Our last one. I hope not. Um, I, I, I we're definitely gonna take a break. Uh, we've, there are so many words to be reviewed. Um, we usually yeah. spend January. We usually spend January. I, I think next week though, since we're all filming together, I don't know what we're going to do for that Wednesday show. So yeah, there's that. Oh, there's that. There's that. So 
We will figure it out and we will let you know. But that's why you need to subscribe to the newsletter. See how I did that uh, on-ramp into my ending pitch at the end of the show. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button so that you're notified if and when we release prophetic videos just like this one. But if you really want to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, you need to be on the newsletter. You need to subscribe. It's in the description of the video. You get discounts for courses when we release them, conferences, all that fun stuff. That's one of the reasons you want to be on the newsletter. Lots of cool information on how to support us on Patreon, uh, which will give you access to extra content there on Patreon. Uh, which I do believe one of the Michaels is going to be doing a prophetic training on soon. Michael Miller, is that right? The beginning of next month, you're doing a prophetic training I, on the Patreons? I don't even know. Is that true? Am I on the schedule? I need that to is disappointing. Know. Michael Miller He's needs on, to subscribe to the newsletter so that he knows uh, when we're doing prophetic trainings on the live Q&A. Uh, <laughs> obviously, Miller's not subscribed to the newsletter or he would know. Guys, thank it's you so much for tuning into this episode of Remnant Radio. <laughs> We'll see you guys next Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Have Miller give us a thumbs up. Thumbs up, Miller. <laughs> thumbs up. There it is. Let's see if you can get it. Get the icon. Come on, Miller. You got to be more pronounced. I don't know what it's doing no. here. I don't know. I don't it's know why ridiculous. I did it.